0: Now over oh, Prober got the right hand He's game. loose to the right hand and he starts to retaliate And down goes Nylon. And the two of them are hammering each other Knights of Columbus that hurt It's old time my hockey The way you're supposed to play You throw a little lumber if a guy gets in your way You play like Gordie Howe Already fucking sure We can't all be Gretzky's. the music Bobby Orson
1: The enforcer of all hockey podcasts It's the Biscuit it's The Biscuit.
0: Damn it! Is that school regulation size of one!
1: The enforcer of all hockey podcasts.
0: God help the fucking day if fighting's ever banned. There's a country will stop working on so bad fucking can. Hi, everybody. It's The Biscuit Podcast.
1: Hey, you wanna go? Yeah, okay. Good luck, good. Good luck to you too, buddy. Alright Biscuit Babies, thanks for tuning in. I am very excited to talk to the guest today, a fellow metalhead, a hockey nut, a photographer, a writer for Metal Hammer and Men's Health, a San Diegoan. Is it is it it's Joseph, is it Daily? Daily, yep. Oh nailed it, man. How you doing, brother? Good man, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing just doing good. <laughs> how 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 weird is it out there right now?
0: Uh, it's weird as hell tell so, man yeah uh, you know they had to close the beaches because it was like the fourth of July weekend people were just mobbing it being crazy and yeah so now now they've teamed it all down
1: now how does that make you feel when people are trying to to get out there and still live do you think it, we should all just lock it up I don't know
0: man I I i I do. I think that we, you know, we owe a duty to protect ourselves so we can protect each other. Now, you know, that said, right, just for our sanity, we've got to get outside, we've got to get some fresh air, people have to run some necessary errands, and, you know, we have every opportunity to do that responsibly, but, you know, getting 40 people
1: down to the beach around a keg, that's probably not... (laughs) <laughs> well, now, you're a, a very healthy guy, so have you been going out and running, or are you working out at home? How have you been uh, coping there? Or do you usually yeah, go to the man, gym?
0: It's tough. I mean, you know, I'm used to playing hockey a few nights a week, and, uh, uh, you know, we can't do that anymore.
1: <laughs> now, so um, You get out on the ice and still play? Actually, a couple nights a week, yeah. Just,
0: just a real chill couple pickups, and, uh, you know, that, that's... It's always a lot of fun. Are you still playing?
1: Yes, but not. I wish a couple times a week. It's more like a couple times a year. <laughs> hey, you know, any every time is a gift, right? Oh, for sure, man. Uh, m- most of my games now take place in my garage with my kids. Oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm undefeated, so that that's always good.
0: Yeah. Now, how do you guys handle fights?
1: Fights, uh, Dad wins. Oh, there you go. It's it's there you go. it's like. Uh, the old school man, the linesmen stay out of the way because there are no linesmen and uh, anything goes, man. Yeah, that,
0: you know what? That's a great blessing for, for them.
1: <laughs> no visors required. You know, tin, <laughs> tin tin foil welcomed. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what got you started? Are you a San Diego and born and raised? No, I'm a Bostonian. Oh, okay. We'll see. Yeah. That that clears up a lot for me there. I'm I'm yeah. wondering. You always see, you know, the, I mean, hockey's huge in California, especially some of the Stanley Cups that made it out there. But you always wonder, like, how did you just get into hockey out there? But uh, if you were born in Boston, that makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, when we, in our um, in our pickups, it's really kind of two groups. The younger guys kind of, you know, started playing, you know, in high school. Um, the older guys are all from outside of California, you know. So, um, you can, it, that kind of underscores that hockey is is a growing sport, and it's still it's still kind of new, but it's it's pretty big out here now.
1: Oh, for sure. And so when you're out there, because you're you're not the, the fresh California kid out of school, you learned on the in the streets of Boston and in those rinks. There's got to be a little difference of how you play the game, yeah. Uh, what was that? I, just just wondering if the younger kids are like man this this old Bostonian guy is kind of playing a little rough. <laughs> I think all of the older guys have a different kind
0: of uh, outlook on the game but it's funny. it's it's kind of like the games evolved into a faster um you know kind of uh, more finesse based model like that seems to be like the younger guys in the pickup are you know they're their hot dogs and you know they've got incredible puck handling and great speed, and the older guys, you know, the ones who maybe sticking the hip
1: out a little bit, <laughs> slow them, slow them down the old-fashioned way. <laughs> That's right, man. You got to use the tools you got, right?
0: That's right.
1: That's right. I always think people always send me the videos of those little kids on their uh, like balance boards doing the the puck skills. And I'm like, yeah, but uh, they don't have me coming and hitting them off that board, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: got a plan until I get punched in the mouth
1: <laughs> that's right man that's right so did you grow up in boston and your dad was like a hockey guy or were you like hey dad i want to play hockey how did that start no you know what it was my my buddies played and um we had
0: a reservoir near the house so that was you know when that froze over that's that's where everyone went and god at some point my parents took me took me down to sign me up for the league and I don't know if they, if they saw something on the uh, the price list or something on the ice, but they uh, they had second thoughts so I didn't I didn't get to play in a league I, just, I my growing up I was just playing um, outdoors and then once we get into college. You know, my roommate in college was his, his work study job was the zamboni driver. So um, hell yeah. So then, so then we were all getting out. And that was that was a lot of fun. Well, that
1: was like you know the region where I live in Ohio. We always played outside, but my school didn't. It wasn't even an option. There was no, there, you didn't even have the choice to be poor enough not to play. It just wasn't a thing. Like you either played basketball, it, like hockey wasn't that big here. So I, I felt. Kind of sad that I never got to do, like, organized until Beer League, but uh, yeah. we, we played outside. I mean, my mom used to lace me and my brother's skates because we lived, like, two alleys up from the rink, like the the outdoor nice. rink during the, the winter, and she'd lace us up when we were little, and we'd walk in people's grass all the way down there. Play. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not messing up your, your blade. Right. Play, play all day, walk back up, you know, drink your hot chocolate, call it a day.
0: Yeah, because you didn't have those those sick uh, like rubber skate guards. Oh hell
1: no, there was nothing <laughs> like that, man. I we were playing. I remember being really little, and I was playing in in, in figure skates, man. That's how I learned to play. Yeah, it, it's funny. I took maybe I, I took twenty five years
0: off. I mean, I, I got back a few years ago because my buddies out here were all playing, and um, you know, it was kind of embarrassing how how much the equipment had changed since the last time that I played. Like my the last pair of skates I had they were like leather like royal blue I don't know where I got them but yeah uh, it's a whole different
1: game well I had that same thing too it was like I played then and then you know didn't skate for years I just didn't have skates my size never bought them I was you know torn around the country in a heavy metal band ice skates weren't like on my list of priorities so it was almost a decade until I got on ice just recently the the past few years and I had bought a pair of CCMs online from like Hockey Monkey for like 50 bucks and I was kind of shocked at how quick it came back. Did you kind of experience that same thing? Uh, no.
0: <laughs> 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 I shouldn't. It took me a while to, uh, you know, to get back into some kind of playing shape. Um, my buddy Josh runs a pickup up in Carlsbad and, um, You know, he curates it very well. He brings in some really good players and, you know, a few guys who are kind of getting their their shifts back in. So uh, that was a great way to get back, you know, like play with a bunch of guys who gave me a little space to get, you know, get my my bearings again and at the same time be challenged by some guys who, you know, they're there because they want to play.
1: Well, I mean, you know this probably better than anybody, but being in shape and being in hockey shape are two different things. Totally. I mean, there's something like that. You can't condition unless you're skating. Like there's just, that's a a whole different beast. So you could be in the best shape in the world, but once you get on those blades, I mean, and you're out on the ice, it's, it's a whole different beast. Dude, I was doing, um, half marathons.
0: Like I've, I've run a bunch of marathons back in the day and I've always kind of stayed in distance running shape. And, um, that stopped when I started playing hockey again because it just, um, the, the two didn't. Uh, the two didn't live live well together, and the, you know I'd be playing. Maybe after after
1: sixty minutes, I would be dying. I feel like well, <laughs> this pickup gonna be over.
0: Um, so yeah, it's a wake up call for sure.
1: Well, that that's probably an easy decision: of hockey or long distance running. What am I gonna do here? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty quick decision.
1: Now, uh, is ice time out there like crazy expensive? Do you have to like sell your car every year? No,
0: it's not too bad. It's not too bad. We pay, um, you know, 20 or 25 bucks a session, which I think is... Oh, well, that's well not worked. too hateful. But yeah, yeah, for a 90-minute
1: pickup, that works. That's not too hateful at all. And no. now I think that's how we actually got connected. Is Bentley playing in that game too? Because Stephen yeah. Bentley is who put me on, on your radar there. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know you. Because I knew he's a, a fellow heavy metal guy, you know, like ourselves. And, you know, yeah. shout out to Stephen for hooking us up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, Steve, he's a he's a, a cool dude, and uh, yeah, we met in that pickup, and uh, you know, I think I I, I have a, a Motorhead patch on my pants, and I think he saw that.
1: My and that man, was, that was the beginning
0: of a uh, great friendship.
1: He's a big boy, eh?
0: Yeah, he is. He is. I just saw him at the AHL uh, All Star Game.
1: Oh, did they? Have, that was in San Diego, right?
0: It was in Ontario, about 90, 90 minutes away, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, little did we know at the time that we were seeing one of the last, you know, hockey outings of uh, 2020.
1: Now, I watched the skills competition from there because didn't the, the hardest shot guy break, like, all records?
0: He did. It was interesting. He, um, you know, that, that Firk from the rain, he... Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, he...
1: Because he's made, played with the wings, right? He's been up and down.
0: He has. He has, yeah. And uh, and I think and he, you could tell kind of like the guy's... He engendered a lot of respect among the guys, and I think Chara, until then, had the record with 105, and they had just said that, um, and then he got up there and he rocked a 109.
1: Yeah, uh, they, they were literally, like, the broadcaster, like, the, the record's this, and it was like, and then he rocked a 109, man. Yeah, it, it,
0: was, like, it was stunning, like, it, it took everyone, I think, a second to understand what had just happened. He didn't just break the AHL record, he broke the record.
1: Yeah, like he's a Guinness Book World Record. Holder. So, were you in the stands?
0: I was in the stands. Yep, yep. And then my my buddy Mike McKenna was one of the broadcasters. Hell yeah, um, man! Yeah, and he uh, we went out for burgers after he was uh, he was saying that you know he's he's been on the receiving end of some of those shots and uh, they they are not fun. <laughs> it
1: what what I love about California hockey, man, is y'all hate each other. Like, from Ontario to San Diego to Bakersfield to Anaheim. Like, I've had uh, Mikey McKernan on here. He he lives in the Anaheim area. Big Ducks fan, stand-up comedian. But, like, those, they, they talk about it, dude. Like, they don't like – it's not like, hey, we're all California hockey teams. It's like, no, fuck those other teams, man. We're the team. I, I kind of dig yeah. that.
0: I, I, you know, it's funny. Obviously, being from Boston, I've got uh – I've got a lot of problems with New York, and and, you know. So yeah, um, the uh, the rivalries out here are, are they're, they're great. And oh. It was funny even at that even at that All Star game, they had a mo- It was right after Kobe Bryant um, yep. passed away, and they had a moment of silence. And right at the end of the moment of silence, some guy in the rain yelled. You know, the Gulls still suck. Yeah, dude, I
1: heard that, dude. <laughs> that guy's a savage, man. I was like, that guy's yeah. awesome. Like, you know what, that was great. That was awesome. It was great, yeah. dude. And that's why you tune into, like, an AHL or, like, a minor league game, man. Like, I'm not missing that shit for anything. Like, I'm, uh, I'm lucky that they broadcast it. Usually the NHL network covers it, and it's – Well, it's usually, like, it, not the same weekend, but the next weekend, like, on Sunday or something like that is when they yeah, do the game. exactly. Yep. And yeah. a lot of the guys that – I've been fan of, or a fan of, are in the AHL now. Like, you know, Gazdick and fucking Leambus and those guys. So the AHL is still such good hockey, man. It really is. And you can go to an AHL game for such a reasonable price. Like, I could take my whole family to a Cleveland Monsters game and not break the bank. Like, I could still pay my mortgage. Dude, the AHL is my jam. My buddy and I... um... We have
0: uh, we've had season tickets to the Gulls since they came back to San Diego, and I mean it's number one. The quality of hockey is fantastic. I mean it's 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 a step down obviously from the NHL, but you know you see guys one week who are. You know, playing in San Diego in the next minute, you know, they're on the game of the week. Um, right. You know, a lot of movement. It's And it's it's exciting, and, you know, the stakes are a little bit different. It's a little bit, you know, you see a few more Donny Brooks. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just a blast.
1: Well, the, the skill might be down just a hair, but, like, the competition level, because these are guys either, either thirsting to get back in or scratching their last years out, like, I kind of like the edge of the AHL a little more. It seems like there's a little more going on. Like it's a little nastier. I, I would say. I think that's dead on. That's it's got little, the the teeth are a little sharp. It's a little more heavy metal, would I say? I
0: think that's right on time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, so you are a goals guy, right? I am. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Tattoo so and everything.
1: You have got you've got a tattoo. Yeah.
0: Where? Yeah. Uh, my shoulder.
1: Of just the straight-up logo?
0: Yeah, yeah. They flash it on the Jumbotron before the games as part of their fan montage.
1: <laughs> I've uh, lost a bet to my wife. She's a Wings fan, and uh, so I've got to get the winged wheel tattooed. I get to pick where it goes, but I have to get It's the first game we went to together as a couple. We lost. I'm a Blue Jackets fan, and we lost in uh, a shootout at the Joe. And uh, So I've got to get the score, the date, and the winged wheel <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking brutal, dude. That's savage. That's absolutely savage. That's my wife, dude. She's hardcore. She don't give a shit. I mean, the wings have been yeah. so bad now, but that that might have been the last time they beat the Blue Jackets, but it was the first game we went to together, and it was actually my first NHL game. Like, I grew up here in Ohio going to Ohio State Buckeyes games and Cleveland yeah. Lumberjacks games of the IHL, yeah. and we didn't have a team for so long, and then, you know, I was playing heavy metals, you didn't have – I didn't have, like, money to go to a hockey game. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah, they're expensive.
1: And uh, so it, it finally came down where she's like – we met, and she's like, well, let's go to a game. And the Joe was, you know, being rumored to be tore down. So I was like, well, I'd love to, to go see that place and, you know, experience that. And, and it was like – I think it was on my birthday, actually. And I was in there with my Blue Jackets jersey. Walking out of there, dude, was – I got – Fucking roasted, man. Oh, dude. it was. People were like, oh, high five, dude. You yeah. suck, man. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. That's
0: ballsy. That's ballsy going in there with your
1: colors. It was. It was. But I, I know my role, too. I didn't, you know, when we scored, I wasn't standing on my feet. I sat there and clapped quietly like, okay, go Jack. I wasn't trying to get in a fist. Because right? you go to Michigan, man, you got to be on your toes.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean. Any state that celebrates, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh has got to have a little something on. It, so.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, anytime you go in and anywhere with opposite colors, you got to be. It is ballsy. It really is.
0: It is, you know. I, you see, it, it. You see, you know, like visiting fans come, and the ones that are like facing the other fans, like I don't know, man. It's like, what are you watching the game or like? Do you want us to all look at you? You know, it's uh, right. You know, but I, I, again, it's hockey, right? We get to, it's loud, it's rowdy, we
1: get to do what we want. Yeah, I, I knew what I was getting into going in there, man. I had my, like, original, well, I thought in my head if I wore my OG inaugural year jersey, they would think I was a real fan, you know? Like, they wouldn't be like, oh, look at this fucking guy coming in with his brand new Bravosky jersey or something. Right, right. So I went in, i I fucking kept my head straight, you know? I just uh, my wife was decked out in her fucking Gordy Howe jersey, you know, <laughs> calling me a pussy the whole game. And <laughs> 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 have you ever been to a game at the Joe? I haven't. No, no, it's fine. I lived in Chicago for a long time, but I never, never went there. When were you in Chicago?
0: Um, most of the nineties.
1: Did you get most to see 90s. Proby play there? Uh, I did. I did. Oh, yeah. I saw. Uh, I saw Gretzky come and.
0: Um, he played
1: uh, played the Blackhawks. So, what uh, what got you? Because uh, I, I'm fascinated that you're a, a writer, man. Like I, I dig that, man. You're a writer, photographer, like you, and you write for Men's Health, Metal Hammer, and you're a phenomenal writer. I've read your pieces, man. Uh, uh, thank you. How does that get get started for you? When when do you get to sit down and be like this is what I ro- want to write for and like how does that come to fruition? Because I mean, there's a lot of dudes that want to be a heavy metal writer, but you've made it come true, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've, I've been lucky. Um, you know, it, st- <laughs> it started. I was in law school in Chicago. Um, I'm actually a lawyer. I don't practice anymore, but
1: um, I was going to say I, I read that too. Did were you able to like make some money from law and then be like, oh, I'm just going to write now?
0: Well, I, I, I mean, I have a I have a day job now that um, you know pays the bills and keeps my dogs and plenty of treats
1: now you have how many dogs you have i know you're a dog lover
0: i do i got two rescue dogs i got a little mexican rescue and uh another who was uh, rescued from the new uh louisiana floods
1: now so, do you do you keep them and give them to someone else or you just keep them and then you know get new dogs after that what do you mean uh like are you you just rescue them until their their lives complete or do you try to get them different homes i guess is what i'm saying yeah I when they die do i give to someone no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey next time you get a dead dog you send it yeah. to me please
0: i'm done uh, no, no, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah like i rescue them like they live with me like they're my dogs they're my my roommates
1: that's that's me. sweet man that's a good gig yeah yeah it's hardcore but um yeah so i was i was in law school
0: and um and i just to, to blow off steam i just started you know writing about music on uh, message boards on america online and um uh, You know, long story short, a band saw what I was writing and said, hey, would you um, would you write our biography? It was a band called The Rugburns, who ironically are from San Diego, and um, their manager liked the bio, and he said, hey, I've got this other band, would you do their bio? And that band's record label, Mercury Records, said, hey, we like your bios, would you do this? So, it kind of got started a weird way, like, it's never been really um, a full-time thing, it's always been something I've I've done on the side, and um, you know, I've done it a long time, and uh, maybe just over 10 years ago, uh, I really wanted to write for Metal Hammer, because I think that's the that, that, for me, has always been the elite kind of metal writing. Like, the, the writing in Metal Hammer is, is it's literate, it's insightful, it's clever, and it's, it's funny. Um,
1: what but, I like you know, about Metal Hammer is it's very secular. It's very, like, dudes in Germany could read it, and guys in yep. Florida could read it. It's, it's Absolutely. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because I always felt I mean, like Decibel is very American.
0: Decibel, super American, and you know, Decibel, um, you know, th- I love Decibel.
1: I do too. Their I identity, do too.
0: Yeah, their identity is very much. Look, you know, we have no time for bullshit. We have no time for Five Finger Death Punch. You know? Right.
1: We have right. No time exactly. For new
0: metal, um, and that's their thing. they've carved a niche, and they're really, uh, they, you know, they they're, they they honor that with every episode. Um, you know, to your point, Metal Hammer is a little bit uh, is, is not kind of a discriminating like they'll do Nightwish. Like Nightwish is on like one of the recent covers. Um, but yeah, I just I, I've been lucky enough to be able to write for them for about ten years, and uh, I, <laughs> it's you know it's a trip, man. You get to meet some really cool people.
1: Have you gotten to tour with a band and write like through a whole tour like that? Is that something that's happened before? uh not a whole tour
0: but no i have it's, it's funny I five finger death punch i went out with them um for a little bit i've uh mostly i will i mean most of the stuff i do is la based right but like occasionally like i've um you know i've gone out on the road to meet some band or another um you know it's uh, i'll do festivals um you know, sometimes they'll fly. Did they flew me out to the 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise
1: once? Oh, our guitar player went on that. What did he think? He said it was incredible, man. He yeah. he loved it, dude. He yeah. absolutely loved it. He was like, it was super fucking intense, but like, yep. it was just like a bunch of like-minded humans having a fucking blast, man. Shout out to Drew Silver from Artillery Breath. He... I'm pretty sure it was it was one of those heavy mail cruises. I'm pretty sure it was 70,000 or tons cuz that was a real big deal when that thing came around. Yeah, I mean
0: the cool thing there there's a couple I mean I think they kind of set the you know the, the mold. Um the great thing about 70,000 tons is that there's no VIP lounge, right? It's like the fucking the, there's
1: 40 bands. They play two shows each, and you're all on the ship together with the fans. Well, that's what I was you're thinking. All... I think he was like, "Dude, I was sitting down, the guys from Enslaved like came up and had a beer with me or something like that." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Well, yeah. that that sounds cool." <laughs> yeah,
0: you're, you know, you're fucking standing next to those guys ordering omelets. You know,
1: like, um, <laughs> so it must have uh, been seventy thousand tons because it was there was no difference between the bands and the people. It was like just yeah. an open deal. Yep.
0: That's absolutely because Shiprock um, has like a VIP deck it's got an RS deck and it's a little bit a little bit different I mean I'm, you know I, I've never been on that one so I can't speak to it but I know that they segregate there's ways to that the bands can just kind of get away from the the rabble
1: so you did the 70,000 Tons Cruise
0: I did I did I fucking loved it it was one of the best experiences of my musical life
1: now as a fitness dude how'd you eat on that thing <laughs> very well <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I. Uh, look, it's it's you know, for four days you can, I, you know, I didn't work out at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I ate a lot of cookies and I chugged a lot of Red Bull and Monster.
1: If you're on a cruise, like when in Rome, right? That's the time to to do it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, what's the purpose of going for all these runs if you can't? act like a slug for a, for a week.
1: You know? a- absolutely, man. That's like, I eat like that, you know, the, what they say, keto, but sometimes I'll, I'll cut it loose, man. And when I cut loose, I go hard and I'll go hard you for like, to. I'll go hard for like two days because I know I can lose it. And I kind of like that challenge too. Like, okay, I put five, five back on, I'm going to burn this shit right, right back yeah. off, man. Yeah.
0: And, and then you know down the road, if you know, if you're sick or you're traveling or whatever, it's like, I don't know. I, my, but, but I don't really eat healthy anyways. Like, if you gave, like, a, a 12-year-old a checking account and, and send them to the store, like, that's pretty much my diet. That's Joe Daly. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, the only reason I do is because my body doesn't – it doesn't do well if I don't. Like, I like to look I, – I, I like to get laid by my wife. So yeah. I, I – I feel like if I keep a certain, I can keep that happening. You know, if I yeah. can keep cracking her open and cleaning it out, man, I, I'll just stay at that weight. And she's not you complaining know. or anything, be like, oh, you're getting fat or anything. But I'm like, oh, I gotta stay on my toes because she's hotter than me. You know what I mean? There
0: you go, man. That's that's a good thing, right? A little motivation.
1: It, it is. And it, it it's, what, it's what's got to keep you ticking, man. And so, you know, who are you writing for first? You know, Men's Health or Metal Hammer? Because those are like, not really the same thing there's not like i mean there's like the misfits and there's like certain bands where like it correlates like you know i know the lamb of god guys are super healthy now but like when when i was younger it was like pantera and metallica and like they were in good shape but they also had beer guts you know
0: yeah you know i i mean i had been writing to this one website um it was called The Nervous Breakdown, and I could just, I, I, I was the music editor for it, so I could write whatever I wanted, and uh, I started writing for Metal Hammer right around then, and at the same time, people from that website were like, oh, you know, we, we know you're the music guy, like, w- would you interview Marilyn Manson for us?
1: Whoa, 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 uh, should, whoa, whoa. So, how did, you you really start just writing for Metal Hammer, and you get to talk to Marilyn Manson? Like, that yeah, quickly?
0: Yeah, my, yeah, I mean, my—I mean, pretty much. Um, I, I think I started. For the most part, I was doing um, like my first, my first metal hammer assignment was uh, I reviewed Alice Cooper played um, the whiskey a small gig up in L.A. And then um, right after that, uh, little—I I turned it in, and three days later they sent me to interview Five Finger Death Punch um, at this festival in, in Irvine. Um, and yeah, I mean, once they had a guy in L.A., then I was uh, interviewing Manson, Metallica, Sabbath. Um, it was pretty quick.
1: Now, so you do everything from interviews to you've actually reviewed like a live show. How does that go? Because, I, I mean, I've played thousands of live shows, but I've never had one reviewed that it would almost, do they know you're there or is it, how does that work?
0: That's a great question. Um Yeah, they know. So what'll happen is, um, and that that was for the first couple years. The vast majority of my writing was live reviews and album reviews. But the the magazine will see that this band is playing at this place, and they'll call the you know the publicist or the band manager and say, "Hey, can we have you know we want to cover this? Can you uh, put us on the list for uh, a ticket for the person reviewing it and a photo pass for the uh, photographer?"
1: Mm -hmm. So so they know they know we're coming. And, um, so then, you decided to knock two birds with one stone and get that pass, and just take photos yourself.
0: Well, you know, you, I, I have a partner. Um, her name's Stephanie Cabral, and her uh, her work is amazing. If you ever look her up on um, Instagram, so she is spell her last name for me. C A B R A L.
1: All right, I'll look her up.
0: Yeah, she's rad, um, <clears throat> and uh, and her longtime partner is Chris Roderick played with
1: Megadeth and who is now in Oh, name. Broderick was the shit, dude. Fucking Head Crusher yeah. was the riff, dude.
0: Yeah, man. He's he's just next level.
1: I loved uh, him in fucking Megadeth. I was actually really sad to see him go. The guy the new guys really good too, but Broderick had the look, man.
0: It, totally, and Broderick is just uh, the discipline he brings to playing guitar. Like, if people do his practice routine, like it's it's um, it's mind blowing.
1: Well, they say they say Mustaine's not the easiest guy to uh, fucking play with, right? but you know, Broderick had a decent run. He was in there for quite a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Mustaine is obviously an amazing guitar player. So for Mustaine to like choose a lead guitarist you know that kind of that
1: kind of, well, that, that, that kind world, of like makes yeah. you the best lead guitarist in the world in my opinion if, if Mustaine if Mustaine says you're the guy you're you're really the guy yeah I mean it's
0: I mean when you look at the guys who have had that role in that band um,
1: you know the technicality the creativity the speed it who's your bad. favorite I, I know who mine is in my head who's your favorite Broderick. Megadeth lead Roderick
0: Roderick Roderick is? yeah absolutely
1: Oh, i love that man that's awesome yeah who's yours uh now i just for fucking forgot his name yes I, I had it in my head it's uh from uh peace cells what's his name oh my god uh uh he has a bunch of solo he's super big in japan Friedman. marty friedman that's his name <laughs> jesus christ i had a blank there marty friedman dude marty marty on Hangar 18 i'm sorry is it's amazing it's retarded dude marty yeah, on yeah. and then I, there's not a lot of like guitar solo cds i can listen to but i like marty's latest one i, I jammed it dude and it was great marty's the shit yeah, you know i'm with you man
0: like a, a lot of the like guitar solo projects.
1: Like I, they're, I just garbage. Get to it, they're garbage. They're
0: yeah, garbage. But that's, but that Marty is, uh, he's some, he's,
1: he's pretty rad. Well, a lot of those ones you're like, oh, that's why you were a guitar player in and those bands. And you think like Dave is, and this is just fucking heavy metal nerdness, but like Dave's better than Kurt and so then Dave's got to pick someone else who's better than him. So these guys that Dave's putting in, they're all just shred masters, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But Thank I thought I, I thought since since Marty, I thought I thought Broderick was the the guy, and the, the new guys, uh, some Chico. he's a S- Sergio or something like that. Ki- Kiko, and he's really good. I, Dystopia it was, was incredible.
0: He's great. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, we. I, I think. You know, Mustaine has his reputation as being, you know, a very strong personality. But you know, um, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that he lost like eighty percent of the functionality in his arm. And got it back. Yeah, re- yeah, he had to reteach himself how to play. And if you look at him playing now, it's it's insane. So
1: I yeah, remember, I think that happened when I was in high school, and we thought Dave Mustaine was never going to play guitar again. Like there was like. A bunch of long haired sad dudes at school that day, like, he's never gonna play again, man. And Uh, then, and then, uh, I think it was the 25th anniversary of uh, or not the fucking uh, the one with Symphony of Destruction came and we went and saw him and he murdered it, man. Countdown to extinction,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's, I mean, to see him live, it's just, uh, it, it, it's great,
1: it's completely different, right. Yeah, absolutely have you been able to talk to him
0: uh, I talked to him backstage briefly not as an interview I guess I had a two minute chat with him um, I've never I've never interviewed him he lived by me for a while here in uh, California and now he, uh, he moved to Nashville so he's he's, uh, he's down there with all those cats
1: I feel like a lot of people are going to start leaving California <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah there are cheaper places to live than here, for sure.
1: Cheaper and less compact and, like, with the way shit works now, you you just don't have to live there.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's true. And especially the music industry now is spreading. I mean, it's still kind of like L.A. is, you know, going to be the epicenter for a long time. I mean, I guess New York, too. But, um, you know, now that Nashville is not no longer just country, like, that's where all the songwriters go, um, you know, that's it, it's going to keep, keep diluting, I think.
1: What Now, what got you started in heavy metal? Because I know for me, you know, I was a young kid and I, I had an older brother and we had older yeah. cousins. So we would go and, you know, when your parents left, we we're downstairs drinking sodas by ourselves. Someone would pull White Zombie out, you know, or Romstein at the time. And we'd watch Chris Chelios videos and fucking jam White Zombie. And I'm like, oh, these guys are way cooler than me. I'm just like yeah. some, you know, six-year-old nerd. And I'm like, this is this is what I want to be. And that's where it started for me. And then it it just kept snowballing. And then when I got into high school, we had a, a foreign ex- exchange student from Germany. And he came over and he said everything you listen to is bullshit. <laughs> and he you know, he was like, This is Dimitor gear, this is anal kind, this is all this crazy extreme metal that I've never heard yeah. of before, man. That never even being from like I live in a village, it's like two thousand people. So like there was no exposure to that, there was right. no newsstand anything. So, you got that guy come in and you're like, oh my god, what is this music? And then we all got together, like the the talented group out of that, and started Artillery Breath. And uh, so what 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 got you? Because it, it's it's usually someone who goes, this is heavy metal, and then you know, boom. Yeah, it. God, it's
0: a good, it's a good question. I um. I... I was, I get into Kiss,
1: you know? Yes, Um, yes. What's your favorite Kiss record? Oh, God, you
0: know, I like, I guess
1: Destroyer. Yes, dude, that's mine, dude. Kiss Destroyer is the shit, dude. It is. It's fucking, dude, people want to shit on Kiss, and I'll tell you this right now, you can lick my nuts, Kiss is the shit, (laughs) Kiss Destroyer, if you can't, if you can put on Kiss Destroyer and not have a good time, I'd like to fucking see you film it and prove it because I do not believe you.
0: Absolutely, I, I man, I saw Kiss a few years ago, and it's funny because I, I at the same time, like you know, I think Gene Simmons is full of shit, and I think that yeah, they, they,
1: uh, he's they suck, but they're awesome. They,
0: they, that's, that's the best way to say it. <laughs> they so suck, but awesome.
1: they're they are awesome. <laughs> but you
0: know, when you think about it, right? They've created this legacy basically off of like three albums. And then they repackaged that. Right. They released something like eighteen or twenty, um, like compilation albums, right? And
1: all their their best songs came from those early three albums. They're nonsense. They, They're complete nonsense.
0: Total nonsense. Like they had a little resurgence in the nineties,
1: you know. Detroit I, Rock City. Did you ever see that movie?
0: I did.
1: I did. You didn't like it? It was okay. Oh, dude, that was right in our wheelhouse, man. We were smoking a bunch of dope at the time, so like, dude, like this. It's a hunk of fucking cheese, dude. We like <laughs> quote. We quote that fucking movie all the time, man.
0: Have you seen Heavy Trip yet? No. What's that? Oh my god, dude! I just changed your life, and you're welcome.
1: What Heavy you're Trip? Welcome. I'm. I'm. Hey, I'm quarantined in for. Oh well, there you go. So Heavy Trip,
0: um, it's a Finnish movie, and it's just about these guys in a village in the middle of Finland, in the middle of nowhere, who are super extreme. You know, metalheads, and they want to start a band, and they want to get to play in this festival, and you know, it just—it's insane. But like, there are so many references to metal that it's—it's it's
1: basically like a love letter to the kind of music that we love, and it's what, funny. What can I see it on? Um, Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. I got Prime, baby. There
0: you go. So for free. Yeah, my buddy Yanni, the guy I shared tickets with at the Gulls, he's a—he's Finnish, so he's obviously an insane metalhead. So, every, you know, it's our routine is we drive to the Gulls, listen to whatever the album of the week is, talk about metal the whole time, watch hockey, talk about hockey, drive home, and kind of half metal, half hockey.
1: Is he a fin troll he guy? He's not a huge fin
0: troll guy. He's a big, he's more into like the swallow the sun,
1: okay. amorphous okay. type. Okay. Um, oh, man, amorphous, you know dude. dude? Amorphous got okay. a big resurgence right now. Yeah, yeah, that last tour was great. Hell yeah! But this guy, this guy's a Kings fan, so you gotta kind of take everything with a grain of salt. I ah, say so he's a moron. Uh, yeah, but,
0: <laughs> but man, you know, uh, I'd argue with you, but you know.
1: you're a Kings guy, aren't you? No, <laughs> I know you're a Ducks guy. I'm fucking with you, buddy. <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, so he, uh, I, I, we, I watched this movie with him, and he assures me that. All the finished stuff is hundred percent real, and uh, it's, a, its Watch it when you see the band in the jam room. Yeah, as someone who's been in a quite a quite a good band himself, you'll appreciate the humor.
1: Did you watch Troll Hunter? I did. I did. How <laughs> good is that? Great.
0: That was great. It good. was brutal.
1: So brutal. So incredible. So so well made for their budget could not have been that big.
0: I mean, seventy bucks, eighty bucks. Yeah,
1: I mean, hundred max, right? And it looked yeah. fucking good. It was scary yeah. as shit. No, that was a great,
0: that was a great movie. I thought it was going to be more comedic. It was fantastic.
1: Now I got to ask you. So you've been a metal hammer writer for a decade. Did you know Artillery Breath before we started talking? I did. I, you know? Did I you really? I,
0: yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I remember Blacker Metal. I remember that song.
1: Really? That's awesome. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, God, I don't know how it first came out. Did you guys have a publicist? Because that would have been around like the um, like the end of the first decade, right?
1: Uh, it was 2009 when that came out.
0: Yeah, so I started writing for Metal Hammer in 2010. But at that time, I was already getting, because I was writing for this website, I was getting um, a ton of uh, you know publicity, uh, emails from publicists every day. Did you guys have a
1: publicist? Our we had our record label at the time was our publicist too, so it was like a combo deal. But a, a lot of the a lot of the heat we got from that was because we recorded it with Kurt Ballou from Converge and Salem, yeah. Massachusetts. So that got us a lot of heat on that record because of where we recorded and how. You know, at that time, Kurt wasn't letting a lot of guys come record with him, so we were very. Fortunate to you know, we were like 19 2021 20, when we went and recorded that record with him. What so, did you think of working with him? Um it was very nerve-wracking to be completely honest with you at first, because he was like a hero of ours. Like Converge was like a really big deal to us. And just the fact that he said okay was a big deal, you know. So we drive eleven hours there. And we're, you know, we're sleeping in the fucking parking lot, dude, at this time. Like, we don't have a hotel. We don't have a record label. We're we're just a very talented band with a guy who is amazing that said we can come record. And he let us crash one night at the studio. And that was, like, a big rule. He said, you're not allowed to. And we're like, dude, can we please just, like, get one decent night of sleep? So we, we, I think we took two different cars there. Like, we took, like, a Honda Civic and, like, a a Ford, uh, like F one fifty, like, like that's how green we were. Like, we, and it was the first songs we ever wrote. The first nine songs we ever wrote are the first songs you hear are and human. So we get in there and he's, you know, he treats us like humans. We're obviously nervous. And, but then he starts like cracking jokes with us and he's super nice. He's a really big nerd and, so we start to we get loose, man. And you you're, you spend all day there. You'd spend seven days, nine days, ten days there, and by the end of it, you feel like you're friends with the guy. And then you get this fucking. And I've never and humans a masterpiece to me. I think that fucking record's perfect. I th- it sounds amazing. So I when you get that back, you're like, man, it was worth being nervous and making sure we we're on our toes because he got the best out of us. That's for goddamn sure. And for me, it was. Super easy because I I just, you know, write and I I scream into a microphone. Like, I'm not, I don't yeah. have to play guitar or anything like that. But those, I think it, it was an even extra level on those guys. But that that record to me is a, is a masterpiece. I mean, people kind of, it, it's funny because it definitely didn't get the attention that it does. It got none. And it was it got, it, 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 our artwork sucked so bad that nobody gave a shit about it.
0: Like the sound was, it was
1: ahead of its time. At least, I mean, for sure, I'm a, I love black metal. Yeah, um, and
0: I know some people like give you shit about that, but um, the black metal vocals with the really hard thrash undercarriage, I think, is a great sound. I think they're very complementary because you know, metal, black metal doesn't have to be super lo fi And I guess it's it's evolved to the point where that's not necessarily the case anymore. But what you guys did was you took really technical but funky kind of thrash, and he threw the black metal vocals on there. We
1: had the a, a really nice rhythm, don't you think? Like Absolutely. There, our our gu- one guitar player was born in the South, and I think it comes through, and the, there's some groove to that fucking record, man. Big time.
0: Big time. There's some groove, and there's a little bit of, I, I hear Maiden and bass. Definitely. Um, little, little gallop up there, so yeah, I think that's a great record. i uh,
1: it definitely got underplayed. It, it it shocks me that it didn't. But I know it's because the artwork sucked so bad, and we jumped the gun. And I think we signed a record deal too early with someone who knew we were good, but yeah. they didn't have the means to to press us. But we would go tour and we'd we'd fucking kill it everywhere, man. We'd fucking murder it, and it nah, it, it, just, it just never picked up. Seen that it you know and it, it's one of them things there's a 1000 good bands we were the one of the ones that you know and our records after that were really good too it just it got really hard you know after a decade of doing it you're like fuck man are we still going to get in this van and go fucking get paid 40 bucks
0: yeah that's tough that's a tough proposition at some point you got to do a cost benefit analysis
1: yeah i started having kids and i've got four kids and i was like guys Ooh. i uh i can't go on tour I can, I can cut, we got a record now that we're sitting on, I'll send it to you, that that will come out, but it's not done yet, and it is fucking, it's spooky good, dude, it really is. You want to hear it? I'll send it to you for sure, man, you'll love it, dude, it's really good, man. I'm
0: going to hold you to that, and everybody listening to this <laughs> podcast now knows that you said you're going
1: to do it. Now, who are your, your favorite players growing up, man? Hockey players? Yeah, man. Um, you know, again,
0: I grew up in Boston, so I was a Bruins guy since the get go. So Terry O'Reilly, you know, oh, yeah. the original, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's, but he was, he was, you know, my, my kind of wake up call with this is like what a hockey player is. Like, you know, the fact that he had an Irish name was great, but, um, you know, he would just beat the snot out of dudes and he would protect his players. And so, yeah, like that early Bruins, you know, team is
1: Stan Jonathan. Um, you know, Cheever and as the goalie, like oh, Cheever's a net, dude. Damn. Yeah, yeah. With that that old mask that he had was just with the stitches incredible. all over it. Yeah, that thing yeah. was yeah. heavy metal, dude.
0: That was super metal. When you think about that, that was like one of the first rounds of goalies who wore masks. It's like those things, cool. things
1: are nothing. Absolutely, man. Hey, do you mind if I score a piss real quick? No, go ahead. I'll be right back. <laughs> Not joking, man. It's an old school tour trick, man. You got to keep the piss jug. And once you learn
0: how to do that, life, you know everything's changed. Like, and it's like I can literally piss wherever I
1: want. It, it well, you've been in the bus and been on the road, man. Yeah. It, yeah. You it is life on a line. You Absolutely. know, it's it's on a a tall tale, and especially when you know. It's four dudes in a van that we rented. You know, <laughs> we're, we're like, uh, if we don't get a hundred dollars tonight, we're not making it to Savannah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And well, then you well, try to play red extreme red metal, red metal red. for some people. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. on the road with the Rutburns for a while, and they had on their van, they they, uh, they taped, uh, they had lettering put on called. Uh, uh, St. Joseph's Catholic School for Boys. Just, to, <laughs> just to keep, uh, keep you know, the police off their tail. What's wild is, dude, that there's still people that'll hate you for being in a band. It still. I mean, we were on tour one time, I, I think, in Lexington. I, I know, actually, Lexington, and we played, and all of us went out. The band that we stayed with went to breakfast in the morning at Cracker Barrel. Like ten of us. And you know it's like ten smelly dudes. We smell like old bong, old bong water. Fucking yeah. leather jackets, jean jackets. Fucking all that shit. Yep. And the waitress comes up and she goes, "That lady over there paid for all your meals, and she wants you to know Jesus loves you." And I went, "Is, is, is the tab still open?" And she goes, "Yeah." And I went, "Well, get put ten Budweisers on there, and then <laughs> then close it out." <laughs> Jesus would like us to
0: have these too. Yeah, it's
1: like a little bit of the sacrament here. <laughs> I'll never forget that though, man, because that was like a full blown free breakfast, dude. That's a big deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. especially when you're you know, like you said, four guys playing extreme metal. It's like you're you're not you're not making it in at that at that level with that style of music.
1: Oh no, man. Absolutely not. Uh so who you know? I asked your favorite players, you know O'Reilly and and Sheevers, What were what what were those entry bands for you? Those those first heavy metal bands, you know, back in the day in Boston. God, you know, so,
0: I mean, like I said, Kiss was Kiss was my entry into rock. You know, and, and
1: Kiss like, at that time, because you're a little older than me, Kiss was spooky, yeah. dude. P- Kiss was like a you weren't allowed to like Kiss at a, at some point. No,
0: that, that's absolutely right. Like Kiss. Kiss were you know they they, they were viewed as uh, the devil very aggressive yeah very, very much so um,
1: knights and Satan's you know, service man
0: knights and Satan's service yep and then, but you know then they had that TV special which kind of uh, you know sanitized them a little bit but
1: <laughs> was that the the <laughs> Phantom of Rock or whatever yeah yeah Phantom of the uh, what was it the amusement park yes uh, dude what uh, a fucking shit show that guy is oh uh, yeah I,
0: I was glued to the TV that
1: night <laughs> dude um, Joe Rogan was just talking about that the other day
0: it's, a, it's a, you know it's funny I'm surprised more people don't It's uh it was kind of I mean you know it, 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 it showed their hand at their, you know like Gene Simmons said you know we get you when he was talking about making money said we get you on the way in and we get you on the way out Like
1: he said <laughs> he remembers as a Bostonian kid like glued to the TV when Phantom of the, yeah. the he was like it I'm was definitely. it was a real big deal and the next day that's all we were talking about at school. Like just, and just, they, just they, they, like had the, they had the wherewithal to know that kids buy records. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's what happened. Kids bought KISS hard. Big time. Big time. Oh fuck, dude, I'm gonna have to play Destroyer tonight. Cheers to you, man. That's that's <laughs> the ah, dude. It's a great album. Do you love me? <laughs> but yeah, then I get into like um from there, you know, ACDC, um, all right.
0: you know, who who at the time were considered heavy metal. And yes, for I, sure. Yeah, and then it was like our, our Judas Priest, and I remember going to the store, I, I grew up in a city called Worcester, actually,
1: and... um, Is that the one that's spelled all crazy? Yep, yep, and where the, uh, the uh, they, they got
0: an ECHL team now, unfortunately called the Railers. I like it, I like it. <laughs> yeah. But they had a... There was a great used record store I used to just live at, pretty much, and um, I went in there one day and I was looking for, you know, for for whatever whatever some heavy music was, and uh, and I found a Celtic Frost album.
1: Oh, yeah, I found Into
0: the Pandemonium, and uh, that was really kind of the game changer,
1: bro. Like, I got a a fucking it was called like it was like a coffee book table at the time when I was in high school, and it was like. Metalum Encyclopedium Britannicum. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it had like breakdowns of all the and like Celtic Frost, dude. And it was like, if you don't own this record, you're a piece of shit. So I remember like in Decryptive Rays being like, you know, being 17 and only ever hearing like Metallica or, you know, Cannibal Corpse. And then you hear this shit, you're like, dude. It, 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 you would completely understand how Artillery Breath sounds the way they do if, like, the way we uh, discovered all this music, like, that we didn't know was real. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't like there was no radio stations playing it. There was no dudes in Ohio listening to Celtic Frost. Like, they were in Cleveland, but not in, like, this village that we grew up in. And it, it was weird that five dudes lived in this small town that were like, oh, we want to be dissection. But they married Iron Maiden and, you know, yeah. Chris Barnes did the vocals. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's funny. Like you, I, I think, you
0: know, I hate, to, I hate to say it, kids today. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the kids today take for granted how easy it is to find their music. Because not only do you have all <sighs> the music in the world at your fingertips, but you've got people talking about it online. But back then, right, like.
1: Wasn't like that fun? Said,
0: yeah, it wasn't on the radio. Like you had to either like walk across town and maybe find a zine, or like, you, you, or, or usually it was the guys at the record store saying, "Hey, you
1: know, yeah,
0: across is this or, or you know.
1: album art. What's that? Or or album art. It looked cool. Yeah. You you'd buy it. Yep. That's why I fucking absolutely. you would never yeah, pick absolutely. up artillery Breast record because it fucking looks terrible.
0: Yeah, but you see something super spooky, you know? Um, it's like, yeah, that's 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 kind of scary. I think. I think I'm going to check it
1: out. You know what a game changer for us was in high school? It was the I think it was FYE or Sam Goody or some shit. You could scan a CD and listen to it on headphones for like 30 seconds. So you could start to like grab the scariest looking shit and be like, boom, click Ackercock and listen to it. Or click, click Vader and then be like, oh, okay, this is what we need. Or like Black Dahlia Murder. I remember that's how we found those guys. And they were like right up the street up in Michigan from us.
0: Let's see, I was at uh, Psycho Las Vegas, which I really hope happens this year. It's, it's, it's still on right now. It's scheduled for August. Um, but I was there last year, and um, Tom G. Warrior played with um, uh, Triumph of Death. Yes. And just getting to see him live is a treat. And, and I had a fanboy moment a few weeks ago. I, um, I posted a picture of him from that show. Uh, I mean, I had a photo pass there. I was just shooting
1: for that. Oh, but he followed me back, Tom G. Warrior. Hell yeah, back. dude! Yeah, I wanted to go back and tell little, like,
0: sixteen-year-old uh, me that this guy is following you on Instagram.
1: What was the <laughs> What was his other project outside uh, Celtic Frost? It was uh, Triptykon. Yeah,
0: Triptykon. Yep.
1: Yes, yep. and they have that song. Man, there's a music video for it. it. Might even be a Celtic Frost song. It's something about God, but it—they're like covered in mud. It is an incredible song. It's super slow, super heavy. Yep. I mean, that guy is just reeks of talent, man.
0: He's amazing. And Hellhammer. I mean, before before Celtic Frost, like that was amazing.
1: And yes, he had a little. He, he played on that.
0: Uh, thirteen forty nine.
1: I guess he produced yep. it. Yep. I think He played on it too. And yep. Those guys were amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it's funny, I had a thirteen forty nine shirt on the other day and uh, and uh, it, it occurred like the do you know how that why that the band is named that way? The bubonic plague. That's right. It was the year that the bubonic plague came to Norway. It's yeah. Like, wow, did, uh, what are you, are we gonna see like a band now called Twenty Twenty? <laughs> you probably will. <laughs> yeah. You Like pro- a super grim band. You you <laughs> band should Jess Golds. Someone should, I mean, uh, hopefully somebody like 1349 just, or like Satyricon just puts a record out called 2020 or something like that. Oh, you know that this is, in the next, like, two years, we're going to start seeing,
0: like, you know, albums of Pandemic. uh, It'll be interesting how many albums will be called Pandemic. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there'll be, like, literally... Thousands of people died. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. 1349, like half the population died. I, yeah. I got fuck it. I'm a, I'm an off media guy, so I won't even get you fucking started into that. I'll, I'll start going fucking crazy. But uh, now, being a metal dude and a hockey dude, have you come across bands where, like, I know, there's a few guys in my head I know that love hockey that are heavy metal dudes, like Brian Slagle, who owns Metal Blade. Yeah. I always remembered the obituary guys when I was younger. They'd have the fucking camo shorts on and the hockey jersey and uh, yeah. Rob Dukes who did the Exodus record uh, after, I, I think he was on Tempo of the Damned but uh, the old Exodus singer for a couple, he was like a roadie yeah. or some shit but that guy's a big yeah. big fucking uh, hockey guy too. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, Slagle and I,
1: like, we, we, uh, Oh, you know him?
0: I, I do, yeah. Like, we, we Text hockey. That's sick. Uh, every now and then, yeah. He actually was the one who introduced me to Mike McKenna, who um, he was with. Uh, I guess he was still with Dallas at the time when I interviewed him. But we've become friends. McKenna's
1: nails, triple. man.
0: He's great. He's got a, he's, his podcast, Six Degrees with Mike McKenna. Like they. Um,
1: I haven't listened to that. I'll it. check that out. McKenna's a oh, tough yeah, son of a, a bitch, man.
0: Yeah, it's great. I mean, he's he's just been around. He knows the guys. He's smart as hell. Um, he gets he he gets some great stories going on. But he is he's one of the most knowledgeable metalheads uh, I've ever met.
1: McKenna? And, yeah,
0: like super deep, super like
1: deep cuts, European metal. Like, no cuts. shit. Yeah, like
0: un, unbelievable. And um, so a, a lot of times, like I'll I'll send him a, a Spotify track from a new album and. In, in return I can ping him for um you know some good good old time stories. But yeah, he he is one of the biggest metal heads you'll ever meet. What's the
1: name of his if. podcast again?
0: Six Degrees with Mike McKenna.
1: I'll definitely check that out, man. That sounds awesome. Does yeah. so yeah, he does he really, chat heavy metal in the show ever?
0: You know, if he does if the guys no metal but uh, you know the problem is, is that there apparently aren't as many metal heads in hockey as you'd think
1: no that's the sad thing man that's why i get super excited to do an interview like this man when when someone you know thank god for steven bentley's like hey man you should have him on the show yeah. i'm like fuck yes i would love to and then you get like do i talk about hockey do i talk about metal but like it, these it's are these are the conversations about. i love man this is yeah. this is my jam dude
0: absolutely and it- you know, Mark Mathod is a huge, huge metalhead. Um, you know, for Dallas, like he is, yeah,
1: uh, Mathod yeah. is yeah. See, I yeah. didn't know that one either. Yep, massive. Um, but yeah, like a lot of the
0: bands. Like, and, and I think to your point, a lot of you know your Canadian metal bands uh, obviously love metal. I think uh, remember that old band, Three Inches of Blood.
1: Yeah, dude, we've I've been fortunate enough to play with those guys. A handful of times, they actually kicked us out of their green one room one time because we were eating all their <laughs> mi- we were eating all their meat tray, dude. We were we were on tour, we were broke, and we got in there like and the the tour manager, whoever, was like, I don't think they realized that we're not three inches of blood. So we were in there just eating <laughs> eating their meat tray real quick. Nice, and nice. Dude, dude, we were you know no harm no foul we were just trying to fucking eat man and they were cool they were yeah. like they were like hey you guys got to leave our room and we're like that's fine sorry for half the meat tray and then we played <laughs> with them again a couple like you know a couple months later and they're like oh it's the fucking meat tray guys and we're like yeah.
0: <laughs> wait did, did camp pipes like tell you that you had to leave or did you say you don't have to leave? Yeah. <laughs> <that worked> right?
1: <laughs> now we played with them once when uh they had the two singers like and then the the second and third time I think, or fourth time we played with them, they had the guitar player did the, the screaming vocals too. They got rid of the one guy.
0: Yeah, I mean they're great. I, I, I'm bummed that they had to stop playing, but.
1: Uh, oh Cam Pipes was a sweetheart, man.
0: Totally, man. I, he's
1: is he a Canucks guy, isn't he?
0: Uh God, I think he would have to be, yeah, because he's from
1: BC, from right? Yeah, he's a Canucks I think I remember giving him shit for that, too. So he was probably double pissed that I ate his meat tray and the fucking Canucks <laughs> sucked at the time. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. But,
0: yeah, there's a lot of great intersections with metal and hockey.
1: Oh, for sure. And, and the one that, you know, like how I saw you was wearing the Mr. Pickles jersey, man. Uh, my friend, yeah. uh, Dom from like right outside of my small town, lived in another small town. He works for Mr. Pickles. Like, I don't know what, what he does. He's like an illustrator or some shit for that show. So it got me even more excited. I was like, who's this long-haired fucking metal guy wearing the, <laughs> you know, being the hot, like... And Puck Hockey, you gotta love the shit they're making, yeah? Dude, they have Overkill. They've got... Mashuga. sugar Ugh. Yeah. Overkill, yeah. dude. Overkill is like... The old artillery breath, to me. Like, they never got their fair share, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question. Um, you know, you've got, like, the big four, right? So who would, who would five be?
1: Exodus? Eight?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, big, there's a huge argument for that, but some people would say testament, and I think some people might say overkill.
1: Those would be, the, that's your eight? That's the, the eight, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, well, I guess that would be, that'd be seven. We'd need one more.
1: Testament, I, I, Testament Exodus and Overkill, man. Oh yeah, okay, so one more one more if you had to throw one more in? Uh fuck, man. I don't know. I guess I overspoke there, but you throw one like old school new wave British like Angel Wish or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I I I think Exodus just because uh Gary Holt is one of the most talented humans I've ever seen in my entire life, man. Yeah. Yep. I I remember seeing them on uh, headed Kill Machine in Cleveland, in like 2006 or something like that with Three Inches of Blood, fucking crazy enough, and Three Inches of Blood played and we're like that was really good, and then Exodus came out and he just commanded everyone's fucking faces and he fucked them all, every single face. He just single handedly fucked every single face in the fucking crowd. They refused to play Toxic Walls. <laughs> I loved it. It was when Dukes was in the band, and we went and partied at a frat, because our friends went to Cleveland State at the time. But I th- So Exodus probably holds a special place in my heart there. Testament, I love Testament, man. Testament's new record's actually really good.
0: Fucking smokes. Absolutely smokes.
1: It's one of their best ever, wouldn't you say?
0: Uh, I would... Yeah,
1: it's I mean, up there dude it's better it's up there. It's, up there. The- yeah. it's the best record they've released in a long time in my opinion absolutely
0: yeah no absolutely for sure
1: and um, the only time i've seen them is they <laughs> they had to open up for motorhead and judas Priest, so it wasn't really fair that's tough that's a rough think, gig that's a rough gig yeah, they, they opened up the last time i saw them
0: they opened up uh they were on the the first leg of Slayer's Farewell Tour. So it was them opening up for Anthrax, opening mm. up for um, Behemoth, then Lamb of God, then Slayer. So that's a great bill. But as the first band on that, they had a li- only a little bit of room on stage, and, um, you know, it was like fucking 6 o'clock. Behem-
1: so they- what do you think of Behemoth? I love them. Be- Behemoth the is
0: one of the best records ever.
1: Behemoth Live, when we saw them, their drummer did hair whips the entire set. Like yeah. he never stopped. And I went, fuck me guys. Like, cause we used to go to shows as a band and be like, you know, you kind of scouted out. Like we all love the band, but you also want to see like, you know, what can we do? And we yeah. went, well, we can't do that. <laughs> like, uh, well, we yeah, can't we be, can. we can't be behemoth. Like, so they will be that and we'll do whatever we can besides that.
0: Yeah. I remember when, leaving that show um, and I've seen Behemoth a couple times but um, even on that when they were in the middle of the bell with Lamb of God and Slayer who both were great that night my buddy and I were just like holy shit like <laughs> Behemoth was just I
1: think insane. I saw that tour that was, was a fucking tour. Lamb of God man is one of those ones that they, well they say they're the new Slayer man they're the, nor- the the new tour kings right they're just gonna play and fucking they, Lamb of God sounds like Lamb of God well, they got a new album coming out. Um, I saw the new. I saw the music video the other day. Yeah, there's, so there's two tracks released really so far, Memento, Mori,
0: and Checkmate, and um, they're great. But the whole album, the whole album, is just, it's, it's one of their best.
1: Now, a Guy doesn't play drums, right?
0: Um, Art Cruz is the drummer.
1: What happened to Adler? He just can't play anymore?
0: You know, I, I don't know. It was a he said, he said thing. But, that's what I was thinking.
1: He said he couldn't, but then I'm thinking that's fucking bullshit.
0: He had, you know, he, he got replaced on that tour. Like when, we, when I saw them in San Diego when the tour opened, he was the drummer. And the next time I saw them was maybe six weeks later up in San Jose. And by then, Art Cruz had taken over. It was just supposed to be temporary. But um,
1: right. you know, he was saying that he had this ATV accident.
0: And, um, you know, I don't know. Art Cruz ended up doing the rest of the tour. Now, who'd Cruz play
1: with tour? before? Tom? prong oh that makes perfect sense hey eh? they always wore them fucking prong shirts
0: yeah i mean you know and, and art is a hell of a drummer
1: oh fuck um, yeah he's he's adler was very good and he's right there
0: absolutely absolutely
1: well that's that's that is the one thing too that like I, I you know I felt like half of my job was disguising that I'm a fraud and like I'm just a guy in front of these other talented people, like my drummer and my guitar players were those were the guys, man, yeah, I wrote fucking sick lyrics, but and I'm a hell of an entertainer, but like my I always felt that my job was to make sure that the experience showcased those guys. you know what I mean,
0: yeah well, it's funny because i, I you know there is that. There is that right, like they're they're creating the music that's the soundtrack to what you're you, you're singing. But you know, as the singer, as a frontman, like you take a lot of heat away from them. Like you know, yeah,
1: I've never thought about on that. Stage. I've never yeah, thought on and about and that.
0: Stage. Yeah, big time.
1: Yeah, well, uh, thank you. Uh, thanks, yeah, Joe. Of, <laughs> of course, that's
0: who we're here for. Happy to be in service.
1: And I always told them, they're like, "Man, you're having so much fun up there." I'm like, "Yeah, I fucking I'm a fan of Artillery Breath." You know what I mean? Like I might yeah. be, I might be in Artillery Breath, but I'm a fucking fan of Artillery Breath, man. Like that. Trust me, I'm the number one fan. I've got all the shit. I've got the cassette, the seven inch. I've got all that bullshit, dude. Uh,
0: you know, if, if a musician ever gets to the point where he's not enjoying himself on stage, and you know,
1: it, it's it's time to find another career. It's Like you, you wait your
0: whole life to get there.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember also, you know, go to to hearken back to Lame of God, I remember when they, they talked about getting together, they're like, Well, we just want to make music that we like. And that was for us at the time, there wasn't a lot of like you said, I, I really think we were before our time, you know, and we didn't hit hard for whatever reason, but there wasn't a lot of people doing a, like there was Skeleton Witch and us, like doing very well produced black metal with like a party theme to it, almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where it had them yeah. too, yeah. Skeleton, which is shit. yeah, you know. I since Chance left, I'm not uh, a huge fan, but really, I'm not. I that's funny because I like Chance, I like him better. Um, with um, Adam, you know, you know what it probably is is because I know Chance personally, Got it. he's like another Ohio guy. And I don't, I, I don't even think I've given them the chance since he left, to be fair, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I... I
1: but I know their, their new record did very well, right?
0: It was one of my... I think it was my number three album on my, my, my Metal Hammer Critics Poll. I think it was two or three is my album of the year that year. It's great.
1: Now, did you jam that new Cow Decapitation?
0: Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, dude. San dude. Diego, boys.
1: Are they from San Diego? Yeah. Do you know them, Cats?
0: You know, I... Again, like I see them around. I see Travis around, um, but uh, for the most part, you know they're uh, they're big enough where you know they will stop here at the beginning or at the end of a tour. Um, but you know they're 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 worldwide.
1: That fucking new record, dude, is it's insane. It's, it's like a swan song, man.
0: Yeah, well,
1: I I don't it's... know. I I worried that they. I don't know if they can do it better than that. Well, I don't know if anyone can have, do it better than that.
0: That's, that's the kind of problem you want to have. You know, are you good enough to top your last record?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. For sure. That like the the tone of it, the fucking evilness of it, dude. Yeah. And then like you know they're all fucking these vegan cats, dude. You're like it's so it's like a a contradictory feeling listening to them. Like for me, because I know I could fucking fist fight them all to death because they don't have the proper protein. <laughs> That's a good outlook. That's true. That's true. That's gonna piss you off. But when, because I, it's like probably the same way you listen to records, man. It, you've listened to so much music, and like I listen to it from an artist's ear. Like, I listen to it as, like, can we do that? And maybe it's because I have that hockey spirit though too, where like I'm kind of a not kind of, I'm a very competitive human. So I'll I'll listen to something and be like, that's something I can't do or something like Travis Ryan vocals are, no one's doing that. Brutal. You can't you can't do any. I I might be able to write better than him, but you're not doing vocals better than him. And that clean shit he's introduced into the records, man. They're becoming like this like new Metallica thing like they're catchy it's evil your parents hate it like they they are new heavy metal to me in yeah, my opinion I mean,
0: it's it's interesting because like like the code orange i think did the same thing with their new album like they who's they that something that was code orange
1: okay okay they um metal hammer
0: never gives tens they they as an institution they don't think an album can be called a 10 until it You know, passes the test of time,
1: right? Um, But once in a great while,
0: I think in ten years, I think I've seen three albums go
1: ten. Can you recall uh, them? uh, It was Iron Maiden's
0: last album, and it was uh, Slayer. Repentless got it.
1: Repentless. Uh, I liked the one before Repentless. Colt. Is that the one that has Colt on it? uh it was the one before, the one with God Hates... Uh, oh, you know, Jihad. With, uh, Jihad, that's it. Jihad was the shit to me. That's a, that's a great album. Dude, Colt is one of the best Slayer songs ever made.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, holy shit, dude. I'll fucking punch through my wall right now Listen to that goddamn song, dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that that had conspiracy on it. Uh, that was a
1: great album. And was a killer w- album was that Hanneman's last one, or was it Repentless Hanneman's last one? No, uh, he
0: played on World Painted Blood. I think World Painted Blood was his
1: last one. World Painted Blood. I like the title track. I, I'm not. I, don't, I get disfamiliar with the like Slayer. Slayer's like, uh, like the, that 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 vat of money you get into you just grab some and it's all good <laughs> you know what i mean you're getting money slayer slayer fucking rules man
0: yeah i mean they're i, I do hope they come back i know they said they're not gonna.
1: what do you think uh, do you, you know you've interviewed them haven't you what do you think they're gonna have going?
0: um yeah I, I you know look what, what we're what we've seen is that um no breakup um you know, there's no breakup that's impervious to money.
1: Um, My theory was Tommy wanted a break.
0: Well, he, he definitely he was ready for a break. Um, you know, I think Carrie loves playing. I wouldn't be surprised if he started another band. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really down to those two. Like the um, the last time I interviewed Carrie, he was talking about that. I said, you know, they have it written in their clause when they both have to agree to shut it down, and that no one can continue as Slayer without the other. So, um, at the very minimum, they would both have to be back
1: in. Now, are Um, you a, a Lombardo or who do you, who do you like behind the skins? I don't know, man. I I guess, you know, like I, I think Lombardo is like, he's the best, the gold standard. He's the best. You're yeah. We're we're, Joe. Me and you kiss Lombardo. Lombardo. Yep. And you know, overkill. No, boast us the shit. No, no, absolutely. That's the thing, though. Like, if I had to pick, and I can, I'm picking Lombardo. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: My mom, yeah. my mom, who fucking is she's an old Catholic fucking lady, thinks Dave Lombardo's a. Really, she'll say this: he's a really nice drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you? T- like, I think we were watching the Big Four actually on DVD, and Slayer's yeah. you know set was on and it gets you know it films behind lombardo at some points yeah. and her dad was a drummer for the marine corps and so was her brother so she appreciates the drums very much so yeah. and she's like that fucking guy can play i'm like mom he's dave lombardo yeah he he wrote this st- i mean he's the standard of what you're seeing here like you know <laughs> like thrash metal to, drums are we might as well call lombardos i get to
0: interview him ago I think he was playing he was playing with uh, Metal Allegiance was new
1: okay like, you know, that was that all-star thing and, yes uh, I had the chance to interview Lombardo at the pool of the
0: Roosevelt Hotel in LA and, um, and we were there just to talk about Metal Allegiance and, um, and he was a really cool guy you know we had a it was really it was a really nice easy interview and um, Weed,
1: this is before weed was legal, but he was just sitting there by the pool smoking a joint. like as if. Well, you know, that, those were terrible. always the, the, the things you heard, right? Was like he liked to have a good time, maybe too much than that. Carrie liked like a, a, an altered, different time or something like that.
0: It could be, it could be. I mean, Carrie has his fun too, but um, but he said in the middle of the interview, I said, "Well, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, you know, what's going on with Slayer?" And he said, "Oh, we're uh, we're in the middle of the album." And uh, we're recording it, and no one had said anything. And I said, "Really? How does it sound? What does it sound like?" And he said, "It sounds like Slayer." <laughs> and uh, so I kind of realized that that was kind of gold. So I went home and I, jam- I transcribed it and I published it. I think like right away. And within a half hour, Blabbermouth had picked it up. And you know, by the end of that night, like thousands of websites over the world that carried the story. And, like, the headline was all, like, you know, Lombardo says Slayer in the studio sounds like Slayer. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. It was, like, the first time I really broke something, quote-unquote, big. But, yeah, that was... Uh, that remains a, a what fond, did, fond memory.
1: What are your pinch-me moments, you know? Like, I would have to assume, like, talking to fucking Sabbath, or, like, did you ever get to meet Lemmy? Like, the like my in my head, like... If I'm writing heavy metal like you, I would think like those are the the ones where I'd be. Or did you see Pantera? Like what what are your highlights?
0: God, you know, it all, people ask me this. I think it always goes back to I got I got um, I, I uh, sent up to L. A. one day to spend a, a day in the studio with Slash. Oh. And that was amazing.
1: You just got to like just fucking hang out with Slash
0: yeah we just hung out all day me and him and his producer and um it was like they were waiting before his band was coming in so it was i was leaving miles kennedy and the other guys were coming in but i had this moment where i interviewed him in like the lounge of the studio and mm-hmm. then he's like hey you know do you want to hear the album i was like "Oh, you shouldn't. I me mean, of course i do and he's like, all right let me go down and set it up so he goes downstairs and i'm kind of picking up my recorder and all this stuff and and as I'm putting my shit in my bag, all of a sudden, like a boy, it's it's him at the bottom of the stairs. He goes, "Hey, Joe. Hey, you ready? Come on down, whatever you want." And I remember like thinking, like, "Holy shit!" Like, like
1: Slash. <laughs> can yeah. Can you
0: imagine? Like, I got. I want to go back and tell like 16 year old me that one day Slash is going to be calling you to come downstairs to listen to his new record.
1: Dude, Slash said, "Hey, Joe. Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? That's crazy, dude." Yeah. And the funny thing is, Marilyn Manson, the first time I spoke with him. Ohio that boy. The thing, that's the first thing
0: he said, too. He started singing Hey Joe to me on the phone.
1: Now, is is he is uh, as cerebral as I think he would be? Like, he comes yep. off like a very thoughtful. Uh, yeah, he's smart. Like, he's all smart. his moves are calculated.
0: Yeah, I think. I don't know if I would say that. I would say that um, I'd say he's smart as hell. Yeah. I would say he's got um, a, an unusually uh, broad ability to see things from different perspectives. Now, does he
1: so, say "Call me Marilyn" or is it "Hey Brian"?
0: No, it's just you know Marilyn.
1: Marilyn. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose some people call him Brian. I wouldn't.
1: No, I wouldn't either. I I, I feel you there, and it's like slash you call slash slash i don't even know slash has does he have a real name Saul. Saul.
0: better call Saul.
1: better call Saul. that's like fucking gene simmons's real name man is brutal um what's his real name it's uh very very jewish i don't remember the name it's like uh oh, fuck me dude now i have to look it up yeah yeah Siri, what the fuck is Gene Simmons' name? <laughs> she ain't talking to me, you bitch. You bitch. No, but uh, it's... some Chayam. Laha'em. Chayam?
0: Laha'em Whites,
1: Laha'em Whites. That's not that, that crazy. I mean, it's not Gene Simmons.
0: It's not Gene
1: Simmons, no. It's pretty fucking far from Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, man, I... I've act fucking absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this fucking interview, man. I yeah, appreciate you, dude. Man. And uh yeah, likewise. You you gotta come back on, man. Cause we've we we are just cracking the surface of heavy metal and, and hockey, man. But what do you think the future holds here? I know I talked to uh Curse Gabriel, my my homeboy from the Philadelphia Phantoms and AHL's done. Yep. What do you what do you think? Can we get this Shit started in August. Do you think there's going to be a season? What What do well, you what expect I, and what do you hope?
0: Well, what I, what I expect, I hate to say this, is that the season's going to be done. Ah, Joe! I know, I know. But what I hope, like I know that I, I read that, um, you know, the teams had all reached out to the arenas to um, – see what availability looked like through the end of July so right. you know they haven't given up on it so my hope is that they will at least play for no fans
1: yeah well I think the reason that is is because the 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 barga- the, the bargaining agreement is it's 50-50 so if they don't play these players lose money in escrow so uh, okay. it's the benefit to everybody to finish this season yep you know what that I mean so I, I think that is the goal, and then I don't know what they'll do because th- this this ends a, a fiscal year for the agreement between the players' association and the NHL. Yeah. So all that is, you know, even more spooky than the, you know, I, I I'm not I am fucking go to college, dude. I, uh, you know, played heavy metal. I toured across the fucking country. I, so I, how that works out, I don't know. I I will. I do think they'll play it. I think it'll be in August, and I think there'll be a two or three week off season, and they'll fucking fire back up after that. I mean, that would be amazing. It's I gonna be mean, wild. It's gonna be wild. I still,
0: dude, I still like will walk in the house, and my I had this this thought, this unconscious thought, or this reflexive thought, it's like who's playing tonight? You yeah. know?
1: Well, <laughs> uh, how many old uh, dude? I watched Gretzky, the LA Kings, with a surly like their whole series the other night. Yeah. I'm just watching old shit like Scott Parker, my fucking one of my favorite hockey. I watched the fucking 2001 Avalanche their whole season the other like last like this last week. It's it's very weird, isn't it? It's weird,
0: and you know it's it's funny. Like I saw that today. Um, I don't know when this is going to air, but the Battle of Alberta is is playing tonight, and I got so excited. You know that was one of the best games of the season so far. Oh and,
1: God, uh, how good was that one? The both of them when Cassian set the standard of the first one, and then but Kachuk he answered the bell the next one man he put his big pants on dude. Yeah,
0: yeah. Those are I mean, and the fact that we get to see those like two or three nights apart was unbelievable. You you couldn't have scripted better drama than that.
1: That's all you can ask for, man. When you know, I now you're a Ducks fan, right? Do you remember Jared Bull? Absolutely. Jared Bull. He played played for the Gulls for a little while. Yes, he played for the goals for a little bit, for the Ducks for a minute. He's one of my favorite fucking hockey players of all time, man. I I just didn't know, you know. I just wanted to. Just, I like to spread his awareness, man. It's like, yeah, absolutely. He's like under. He's like underground death metal to me, dude. He's the shit. Yeah, dude. I mean, getting to we've gotten to in
0: San Diego. He came down, which was a treat. We had Brian McGrattan, oh. uh, we had Mike
1: Lambis, oh. Luke Gazdick, like. Um, uh, What's his face? Um, now Gazdick and Liambus have all been guests on here, man. Yeah, I saw
0: that. Yeah, Stu Stu Bickle. So the the Gulls have had us, uh, you know, they've had a long, proud history of enforcers, and um, yeah, so getting to see Bull come down for a game or two last year or the year before, I think.
1: Yeah, year great. before. Yeah, yeah. And as a heavy metal dude, I think we kind of we kind of aim towards those enforcer guys. They make more sense to us, don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, because you're looking at that guy going like, "That guy, that guy fucking likes Motherhead, You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: one hundred percent. You know he's not in there listening
1: to some EDM bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they're not jamming the new Taylor Swift, dude. They're like, "You fucking yeah. pussies don't fucking like." You know,
0: <laughs>
1: you're not listening to Angel Witch on your off nights. <laughs>
0: But yeah, man, we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best.
1: Absolutely, man. Do uh, let the people know where you're at, man. I I know your photography is fucking incredible. I, I love your Instagram. I know that's a, a format you you like particular, and uh, where they can find your writing and everything, man.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's just uh, yeah, Instagram is Joe Daily underscore Ca Daily San Diego, and then my my website is JoeDaily.net, dot J O E D A L Y dot net.
1: D-A-L-Y. Daily is spelled yep. incorrectly. It's spelled like a last name, not the word.
0: That's right. That's
1: right. Hey, man. I love you, dude. Thank you so much You're for you your time, you. man. This was a yeah, fucking blast, you. dude. Yeah,
0: I look forward
1: to talking again, man. You Abs- take care. Absolutely, you too. All right, we'll see you. How many bucks do I give? How many bucks do I give?